1: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely in the right place. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. Okay, I have a quote from a writer named Scott Carey. He wrote this in ComputerWorldUK.com just about um, two months ago, June 6, 2017. Let's see what he said, and I quote, Enterprise technology is Big business and the startup sector is bustling with companies capitalizing on the growth of demand for tools in the world of big data, devops, cloud, mobility, the internet of things, and security scares. Oh my couple of keywords in there enterprise technology. Big business and startups bustling. There you go. So what are we talking about? Well, sometimes enterprise software, you know, it's intended and designed to streamline a company's workflow, boost productivity, make operations faster and smoother and seamless. Well, sometimes it just does the opposite. So what is the problem? Well, sometimes knowledge workers are not trained to smoothly integrate new technology into what they've got. their legacy systems or other new systems, and they're stymied. They're stumbling along. The interfaces confuse them. The dashboards are incorrigible and indecipherable, and sometimes the communications are not great. Maybe it's just because they weren't trained. Who knows? But where can a big company turn? Well, this is startup focused with Game Changers, so I think you already know the answer. Startups is the answer. Startup software could help your company unlock new opportunities and speed you along that path to becoming a digital business, because that's what you need to do today. We have a panel of three experts from all over the world. Let me tell you who they are before I introduce them. First up in a moment, we'll be speaking with Florian Meisner. He is the co-founder and VP of marketing at a company called Sablano, S-A-B-L-O-N-O, and he will tell us what his company does. Joining him on the panel is Prithvi Sharma an Indian entrepreneur and the founder of Prakshep, P-R-A-K-S-H-E-P, data science company that analyzes satellite imagery using artificial intelligence to make Earth data massively available. I love that term for business and individuals at a planetary scale. He'll tell us a little bit about that company. And rounding out the panel is our very own Gary Parnell at SAP Startup Focus. So let's circle around the table to Mr. Florian Meissner. And Florian has sent me a quote a Wonderful quote from Will Smith, the actor. Will Smith went skydiving recently. If you don't believe me, just Google Will Smith find the YouTube videos. He talked about it on many TV shows. They're all there for you to see. Here is the quote. By the way, Will Smith, okay, 1968 was his birthday, uh, September 25th, American actor, producer, rapper, comedian, songwriter. In 2007, 10 years ago, Newsweek called Will Smith the most powerful actor in Hollywood. He has amassed nominations for five Golden Globe Awards, two Academy Awards. He's won four Grammys the only actor to have eight consecutive films grossing over $100 million in the domestic box office. He has been ranked the most bankable star worldwide by Forbes. And in 2014, 17 of the 21 films he had leading roles in accumulated worldwide gross earnings of over $100 million each. What can I say? Okay, so here is the quote from Will Smith on his skydiving experience. The best things in life are on the other side of terror. Oh, my. Florian, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today?
2: I'm all right. Thanks very much for having me here.
0: Thanks for joining us. You, had you seen some of the TV appearances of Will Smith before you picked this quote?
2: <laughs> I actually have, yes, um, but that was not the reason why I picked this quote. Um, so this I came across that quote actually by coincidence because a friend of mine uh, sent it to me actually uh, only a couple of days after I went skydiving myself. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I watched this this, this great piece um, and I've seen Will Smith talking about his experience and I was totally amazed how energetic he he, he talks about his, his experience there. And what, what uh, caught me the most was his description of the fear that you have not in the moment that you actually jump, but in the time before. So he mm-hmm. talks a lot about um, the fear that you have the night before or the fear that you feel on the, on, on the actual day when you're approaching the airplane. But once you actually jump out of it, um, he describes, just as it is, and uh, as I also um, um, realized it, you don't feel any fear anymore. It's just pure freedom. It's just, it's just bliss, as he says it. And um, I can just totally relate to this, and that was a very funny coincidence actually. And putting this into perspective of our topic today, um, I think it is, uh, it is a very natural and human thing to, to fear things. And um, to sometimes whenever we take a decision, think about it twice and analyze it a lot of times and and just understand what this would mean for you, um, but on the other hand, I think this fear sometimes holds you back or even uh, prevents you from from taking action and doing something and same goes for for organizations or enterprises which are um, are nothing else than than a group of people um, who have to take a decision, for example, for a new enterprise software or change whatever it might be. And obviously all these individuals, all these people are, um, are, are having the, these thoughts and, and these, these fears as well because um, it, there's always the risk of taking the wrong decision. Um, so for me, that was just very inspirational because as a co-founder and, 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 um, and an entrepreneur trying to sell software or bring in new technology to, to enterprises, this is something I need to remember on a daily basis. I'm dealing with people there, and people sometimes fear things, and it's very, very important uh, to deal with that and um, to, to help them to take such a decision and then take them onto that journey and eventually also, yeah, kind of like push them out of the airplane and just do it.
0: Thank you very much. Very interesting, Florian, and, and I watched a couple of those videos of the, the TV interviews where Will Smith, he's so animated, he's so fun to watch, and I remember him from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air TV, oh, so long ago. He's a hot shot now. But what I remember, my takeaway, Florian, was when he said, they tell you in the plane before they open the door and push you out. They say, we're going to push you out with your parachute, on the count of three. They lie. They say three, but they do it at two. And the reason, according to Will Smith, is because human nature is when you're afraid, when that three is coming, you're going to grip the sides of the door and not want to be pushed. So they shock you and push you at And uh, it was just really enjoyable to watch him talking about the experience and the beauty he described and the peace he described and the amazing feeling of just being there. It was lovely. Thank you, Florian. Wonderful quote. Great introduction to our topic. We have a lot more to hear from you during the show. And now I'm going to turn to our second panelist. He is Prithvi Sin Sharma at Prakshep. And Prithvi has sent us a quote from way back in time, Jerome Cardan. I believe I found the right gentleman, Prithvi, when I Googled him. I came up with Gerolamo Jerome Cardan, born in 1501. He was a physician, writer, mathematician, astrologer, philosopher, and a gambler in Milan. I love that. The Wikipedia notes that when he was poor, he was held in contempt. When he was rich, he was influential and admired. Very interesting gentleman. He made the first systematic use of negative numbers published with Attribution the Solutions of Other Mathematicians for Cubic and Quartic Equations, and he acknowledged the existence of imaginary numbers. He is the author also of 200 works on science, including the Book of Games of Chance. That may be where his gambling pre- pre- gambling notori- notoriety reputation came in. Here is the quote from Jerome Cardone. Wisdom, like other precious substances, must be torn from the bowels of the earth. Prithvi. How are you today?
3: I'm very well. Thank you, Bonnie. And thank you for uh, having me here on the show.
0: We are very pleased. Um, I love the quote. Talk to me.
3: This is uh, You're right. The gentleman is variously known as Jerome Cardano or Jeronimo Cardano. And uh, actually, I found this quote uh, quoted somewhere uh, where it was referenced in, in a piece of literature and it stuck somehow. I love how there is a very analog sense to this quote when you talk about it. He' is essentially talking about um, how understanding or sense co- really comes, uh, whether you're talking about an individual or an organization of individuals. as Florian was mentioning before, an organization is is essentially the people that it is composed of, so in that particular sense talks about how an organization reaches a particular sense of understanding by uh, by doing the particular process. I also love how there is an almost ceremonial sense uh, to this particular quote. It it lays out very barely steps needed to acquire this information. It mentions a particular process and it mentions a particular place it says truth must be torn from the bowels of the earth. And it also qualifies it as a precious substance, as other precious substances. So I think in uh, in the world that we are living today, with the challenges that we have with enterprise, and the kind of software that we are building on these on these things. The key is to understand how we can actually accumulate wisdom at an organizational level and really make the process uh, 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 a wonderful thing to begin with. It is something that uh, really drives us what we do here. We, we integrate a lot of data to reach uh, to reach business value or understanding in terms of in terms of the data, I think that's how it came up.
0: Thank you very much, Prithvi. Happy to have you on the show, and I'm I'm glad you sent us the quote. Very interesting, and thanks for the details and the explanation. And rounding out the panel now, I'm pleased to welcome Gary Parnell at SAP Startup Focus. And Gary has a very interesting quote from Margaret Thatcher. She was Margaret Hilda Thatcher, Baroness Thatcher. So many letters after her last name, I can't even squeeze them all in here. 1925 to 2013, British stateswoman. Prime Minister of the UK from 1979 to 90 and leader of the Conservative Party from 1975 to 1990. She was the longest-serving British Prime Minister of the 20th century, the first woman to hold the office. She was a research chemist before she became a barrister. That's the British word, I believe, for attorney or lawyer, and elected to member of parliament in 1959. She got the term, the moniker, if you will, or the the dub, the Iron Lady, from a Soviet journalist. And her policies as prime minister came to be known as Thatcherism. Here's a very interesting quote you would never expect from Margaret Thatcher. Here we go. Standing in the middle of the road is very dangerous you get knocked down by the traffic from both sides G- gary Purnell. every time i read that quote i start to laugh how are you gary <laughs>
4: yeah I, I, i'm very well thank you and uh, thank you very much for uh, allowing me to be on this uh, panel
0: happy to have you love the quote how did you pick the quote we're talking about enterprise software we're talking about startups jumping in diving in coming to the rescue yeah. so who is it who's standing in the middle of the road help me out here
4: yeah, so, 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 I mean, I, I, I'm, uh, I was born in 1969, so I would look upon myself as, a as we call it, a Thatcher child. Um, so I obviously, obviously grown ah. up uh, with her policies and her views and obviously saw her on television on uh, most evenings. So uh, obviously I've listened to, uh, to her um, sorry, uh, as being a prime minister throughout them years. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to, you know, it took me some time to go through some quotes, which I felt felt was, which is a par with what the discussions we're talking about. And the reason I like that quote is that I see sometimes, especially with the, the, job, the job role I have within SAP, is that I see too many entrepreneurs and sometimes vendors trying to please everybody. Um, and sometimes they don't have the strong direction um, of the, what they should have. And I feel that sometimes so they are trying to please everybody. They're trying to be in the middle of the road. Uh, and as I say, hence obviously that quote was, you know, you get knocked down by both sides. I felt that, you know, this is quite a strong quotation from, from Margaret Thatcher to say, you know, this is strong direction, um, and uh, there was strong execution. So I'm trying to put across is that you, you you have an idea or you have a, 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 a mindset, you go forth, uh, but make sure that you have that direction. Uh, I'm not trying to be this kind of uh, jack-of-all-trades.
0: Very interesting, and Gary, that's really good advice. I think for, uh, for even for any kind of a startup, uh, I'm a big fan of the U.S. TV show Shark Tank. Do you have that in Ireland? I know that's where you are right now, Gary. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with Shark Tank? No,
4: no, 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 we don't.
0: Shark Tank has uh, self-made millionaires, billionaires. Mark Cuban. The owner of the Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. um, let's see, uh, Kevin O'Leary, who's a big yep. investor in the wedding business and in the wine business. Uh, Barbara Corcoran, who started as a waitress and ended up building the biggest commercial real estate enterprise in New York City. Mm-hmm. Damon John, who grew up not far from where I am right now, knitting hats, little sports hats standing in front of Madison Square Garden and built an empire named FUBU of clothing and uh, and other people on the panel. But what's interesting is, Gary, I, I'm getting to the point, Barry, Laurie Grenier, the, the queen of, uh, of QVC, yes, who, who holds about 1,000 patents for, for interesting uh, items that people want to sell on QVC. But the point is that when an entrepreneur comes on the show looking for the seed money from the sharks, Gary – very often, mm-hmm. the, it'll be, let's say, a woman who's designing a new line of uh, bathing suits for, for three-year-olds to five-year-olds. And she'll say, oh, mm-hmm. I have 20 SKUs. It's just amazing. And now I have a line in pink and I have a line in blue. And for girls who don't like the girly colors, we can give them dark green. And she'll say, I have 500 mm-hmm. SKUs. You know what the sharks say? For God's sake, Lady dial it back. We, we want you to specialize. We don't want you to be all over the map. You'll never succeed in business Correct. if you're trying to please. Every, you knew I was getting to it eventually, <laughs> Gary. No, no, no. no.
4: I, I totally agree.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Very, very interesting. So that's what your quote reminded me of. As far as the standing in the middle and getting hit by both sides, I think that's a, uh, a downfall for a lot of people in politics and in real life. Well, I just want everybody to love me. No, you're going to get hit by both sides. Wonderful quote, Gary. Great. Thank you. Now, let's you. turn back, thank you, back around the table to Florian Meisner Sablano. Soblano. Florian, I have three very important and slightly personal questions for you, and then I'll repeat the same questions for Prithvi and for Gary. First question. Is where in the world are you calling from or where we're calling you today? Second question is what do you love to drink that makes you really, 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 really happy? And that's called What's in Your Cup. And the third question is give us the 60 or 90 second elevator pitch of if I met you and you say, Oh, I'm the co founder of Sublano, tell me what the company does. So, Florian, it's all yours.
2: Great, Bonnie. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm actually based in Berlin. Which is uh, quite exciting because the city is just an amazing place to be at the moment, um one of the hot spots in Europe, I would say, so this is pretty cool. You have a lot of startups here, and we are based right in in the heart of uh, of Berlin. Um, and since we are having or we are approaching late afternoon by now, and I'm a typical German. I'm probably going to have a beer later on. Uh, so as soon as we're done here, I'm going to have a nice uh, chilled beer. Um, it's a pretty hot day here in Berlin, so I'm really looking forward to this. And it's not just going to be any kind of beer. I'm going to have one from my actual hometown, uh, which is Cologne in the very west of, of Germany. And we call that beer Koch. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, no. There are a few, um, craft breweries in the U.S. Uh, trying to adopt that recipe as well. It's a very beautiful beer. Very nice. Um, I actually have to give a legal advice. illegal to brew this beer. So um, if anyone is listening here trying to coach in the U.S. soon, um, please uh, bear in mind that this is actually prohibited. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that that's just a quick side note. So, um, soblono, what do we do? Um, we are um, developing and supplying software to the construction industry, um, which is a very, um, let's call it... Um, old-fashioned industry when you look at technology and we're trying to to Break it up a little bit uh, and first of all, or, or most importantly centralize information that comes in from your actual construction site and all other sites that are um, that are somehow involved in the process as well so it's predominantly um, we see a lot of prefabrication in construction at the moment then we have those huge construction sites themselves with lots of people running around capturing data on a, on a, on a daily basis and all that data is, is currently collected in a very analog and 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 unstructured way and we're providing a platform that helps everyone who is involved in the construction process starting from the planning phase um, throughout the construction phase to centralize all the real-time information about the actual construction process and progress in order for everyone to be on the same page and understand how a project is currently um, developing and performing.
0: Very interesting. Thank you very much. Um, And how long has the company been around? Did you tell us?
2: Uh, well, actually, we founded the company in 2013 uh, coming from, from a research project at uh, the University in Berlin, but I uh, tend to say that we actually started um, working out there on the market and be present from 2015 on.
0: Very interesting. So you're a relatively new startup and you're part of the SAP Startup Focus program, is that correct?
2: Yes, we are. Actually, and that, that was going? one of our first steps that we took. <laughs> it's going uh-huh. quite well, I'll say. Um, so we really appreciate that support that we get there. Um, first of all, obviously, from a techno- uh, technological perspective, um, um, our platform is built on on SAP HANA. So there was a lot of things for us to learn and um, get into, and, and SAP gave us some great support there. And then, if um, along the along the line. Uh, You also get a lot of support in in marketing and sales, attending shows together, uh, getting access to the market. So we really appreciate it. It's been a very great chance for us to, to get the word out there, basically.
0: Glad to hear, and we're delighted to have you on the show. I know you're busy and happy you are taking the time to join us today. And I understand Prithvi is back on the line, Prithvi Sancharma. So, Prithvi, I don't know if you heard the questions, but number one, where are we speaking to you from somewhere in India? If you want to tell us where, tell us a little bit more about Prakshap. I mentioned that it's a data science company analyzing satellite imagery using AI to make Earth data massively available. Fascinating. And also, Prithvi, we'd love to know what's in your cup today that really, 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 really makes you smile. Go ahead, Prithvi. Uh,
3: Bonnie, uh, I'd probably like to say I have have, uh, chai in my cup today. This is the drink I'd like to talk about and why I picked this particular thing is uh, I really we have a saying here in India that India really runs on chai so the idea is about having a spicy or an invigorating kind of tonic which really uh, boosts boosts you uh, throughout your entire day so uh, you have it multiple times during the day so I really love the idea behind the whole thing so if you look at it, it's almost an institution uh, from where I am from. So I'm speaking from Bangalore in India. And uh, Chai is is what's in my cup today. So I'm part of uh, Prakshet. We are a data science company. We analyze satellite imagery uh, to reach certain understandings in in our fields of practice. We focus on agriculture and our essential focus is to convert the huge amount of geospatial information there lies both in the form of satellite imagery and other forms of data, and try and convert it to context for a business. At this point in time, we believe this, real, this kind of uh, rationalisation is uh, really around the corner, where we we are looking at greater efficiencies uh, because we are we are introducing uh, what is whatever is the business reality very close to what an agricultural business is doing. So. Uh, the the understanding is that we want to maximize the spread of this information, so that it really becomes some sort of a of a common reference or a background uh, for the agricultural industry today. Uh, the lack of information or the visibility uh, in in these particular areas, especially from a global food security perspective, these are the things we are actually after and which we are trying to solve. The, what I would really like to call out is is uh, we, are, we are part of this SSP, the SSP startup focus program mm-hmm. and it, it's really been a great journey so far because there are a lot of capabilities of uh, SAP HANA that uh, that are either in the, it, it's an exciting thing for us because either we are testing some of this, the capabilities that the platform has or we have already integrated some of them and we have achieved the uh, Wonderful results! So it's an exciting process uh, for us, and what's uh, with the support from an infrastructure or a or a technical perspective? It's really been good.
0: Thank you, Prithvi. Uh, absolutely fascinating. I saw a presentation on uh, we. I host a every two weeks. I host uh, an internal SAP event called Tech Talks, and we very often have some have uh, some of the startup people present on that, and I saw something about satellite imagery and the heat maps, and it was just fascinating. Gary Purnell is waiting very patiently. Gary, I'd love to know where you're (laughs) calling from. Somewhere in Ireland. I know you're very patient, my friend. And what are you drinking today? Or I I probably should ask the question, what would you rather be drinking? Go ahead, Gary. No, no,
4: no, no. Thanks very much. Um, Yeah, first first of all, I'm calling from Dublin um in Ireland, and, uh, uh, I, just to quickly, I had a slight accident on, uh, on Saturday morning at the gym, and, uh, I fractured my ankle. Um so, uh, if you give me a picture that, uh, I'm, uh, up, uh, upright, uh, obviously, uh, uh with, uh, my leg, and, uh, with, uh, obviously medication, I guess, just to, to, uh, to numb the pain slightly, but, um uh, no, no, I mean, what, <laughs> answering your question, what uh, would I have in my glass today? <laughs> um, I would say um, uh, a, a nice cold glass of milk. Um, oh. you probably never heard
0: yes i have i have to tell you gary my dad my dad was a big milk drinker and he loved even buttermilk and he would go to the wonderful restaurants in new york City. he's been gone over 20 years but he would go and order maybe a chocolate cake or something for dessert and he'd say to the waiter can i please have a glass of milk and they would look at him like he was absolutely so tell me how did you become such an avid milk drinker
4: um, I, 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 I guess I'm a bit sort of like, um, uh, when I was, uh, just before I went to college, I worked on a milk round. I don't know if you have them in the US. I S I don't think you do, but, uh, uh, in London you have milk rounds and, uh, these kind of like, uh, trucks go around certain roads and deliver milk bottles, um, first oh, thing yeah. in the morning, very early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. and, and, and that's what I did for two or three years, um, obviously, you know, just, just to save a few pennies before I went to, to university. And, uh, I, know the really the, uh, the love of that milk in the mornings so like really bred me through for the last you know thirty years of my life. Um, but a very similar to your father is that you know I go to a restaurant and my wife would order a, a nice glass of you know red or white wine and I'd ask asking for a glass of, of, of milk. Sometimes it's embarrassing, but to tell you the truth, that's what I enjoy. Um, I think that uh, if it's something that you enjoy and you uh, you want to do it, you should do it.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, and I have to tell you a uh, very funny story. Uh, I inherited my dad's love of milk, but the funny story is that when I was growing up, which is a long time ago, Gary Parnell, you are bringing back so many memories. I'm still an avid milk drinker, but we had the milkman. I live. Yep. I grew up about. Five miles from where I am right now, I'm in Great Neck. I grew up in Douglaston here on Long Island. Great Neck is Long Island, Nassau (laughs) County. uh, A Douglaston little neck area is just across the border into the borough of Queens in New York City and we had the milkman we also had the cupcake guy the bakery guy so my we had a back porch and my mother would know which day the milkman was coming and he'd bring there was a little box outside and he'd bring the bottles of milk and put them into the box and i guess she and dad paid on the monthly basis we also had the bakery man called dugan dugan's bakery delivered cupcakes and cakes oh, so we had the cake to drink, to eat with the milk okay, yeah 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 yeah,
4: yeah. That was an ecosystem before we...
0: Gary, we didn't even have the term ecosystem in those days. We're talking in the 1950s. We had this.
4: Oh, my. Yeah, 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 no. So, so obviously, you don't see milk uh, vans, as they call them over here, anymore. Uh, They don't exist. So, obviously, people would go to the the store and obviously uh, do it that way. But... um, um, so to, to, to really give you my you know sixty yep. second elevator pitch uh, within yes. the S C P startup for this program, I think you know uh, we have obviously two strong ambassadors uh, obviously on the call. One obviously has, has disappeared, but you know reference to um, uh, their praise about the program. But you know I I would say, and I know that you probably hear this all the time. But, you know I probably have a great job within SAP. Why? Well, you know I have that. Um, uh, background reference to to startups, as well as, obviously, I work, obviously, for SAP. Um My job is, obviously, to go out there and onboard startups in the first kind of phase that we have within the SAP Startup Focus program. Um, so I look at many, many solutions, uh, many unique solutions, obviously, that we enjoy to discuss. Uh, we build that solution on a, a minimum viable, uh, viable product on HANA, uh, just mentioned there. And then, obviously, on the third part, we obviously take that uh, solution to our marketplace. And uh, uh, we co-sell with us, you know, with us, you know, 340,000 customers we have uh, within our uh, global base. So, so, so regarding the, the program, you know, I think it's, it's, it's been spoke about on, on the praise as well. But uh, that's, that's really what uh, the, the, the first part of the onboarding is what I do across the now
0: thank you very much Gary and thank you for speaking to us from your your uh, position of not not <laughs> optimum health and we're so glad that you don't have to stand up for radio I hope' you're, you're comfortably propped somewhere. Yeah. So gentlemen, we're gonna take a quick break. By the way, they don't let me drink caffeine on radio show days, and you probably figured out why. So all I'm allowed to drink is water and it's cool, it's clear. It's in a clear mug with a pink straw because it looks like it's gonna rain here again in New York. And I'm hoping for sunshine later. So we are speaking today with Florian Meischner with Prithvi Sinchrama. I know he's back on the line and Gary Parnell. Our topic today is the future of enterprise software startups to the rescue we're speaking with two gentlemen from startup sablano and Prakshap, and with gary pernell from sap startup focus a shout out of course to my wonderful colleague christine christina sosa at sap for putting together this terrific panel and we have a lot more to talk about so all i'll say to our listeners around the world don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial go and have a drink of very cold milk in honor of gary and his injured foot there you go and um, we'll be right back kevin
1: out In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like Big Data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line? If you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big Data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit w www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line? You need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers.
0: Yes, indeed, we're back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, here with three very interesting guests. We have Florian Meissner at Sablano, Prithvi Sen Sharma at Prakshap. And Gary Parnell at SAP Startup Focus. And we're talking today about the future of enterprise software. By the way, in case you're keeping count, this is season three at least. We did a lot of shows on Startup Focus back when I started Game Changers Radio in 2011-2012. It was one of my first series. This is technically season three, but most important, this is episode 10. So this is the end of their live broadcast season for 2017. And I'm crossing my fingers that Christina and Manju will bring the series back in 2018. There you go, Christine. I said it on the radio. So we're talking today about the future of enterprise software, startups to the rescue. Aha! We're going to start the roundtable in earnest with Florian. And here's what Florian told me before the show, and I quote. He said, In the past, enterprise software was conceptualized and developed in supply-driven fashion, with only a few specialized vendors dominating the market, but with technology becoming more and more democratized and user centric, this is going to change. Great start to our round table. Go ahead, Florian, please tell us more.
2: All right, thanks very much, Bunny. Uh I just realized myself it's it's quite a heavy statement that I made there. <laughs> yeah. So I try to put this into into the right perspective. Uh, well, I think if if you look at how enterprise software evolved over time, um, there was was a lot of change going on. And obviously, the market was different in, in the 50s or the 60s compared to what it is today. Uh, and obviously, um, technology was not very accessible for, for so many people back then as well. So you had a couple of guys trying to um, trying to put together the first pieces of enterprise software, uh, bringing this to the market, and then trying to customize it as much as possible to the needs of those organizations and mm-hmm. um, this was was how it all started. but um, as technology and access to the technology becomes more common now, basically everyone anywhere in the world can can access a web browser and start developing stuff. Um, This is about to to change, I think, because enterprise software gets a lot of influence now and a lot of new ideas from from people with different backgrounds from different parts of the world um, that really questions what what enterprise is used for and how we develop enterprise software um, at the moment. And I think we'll see a lot of change in the future there, uh, especially uh, when you look at user interfaces and the interaction between software and the user um which is i think at the moment not really happening uh basically enterprise software usually is like stupid piece of <laughs> sorry not stupid but a very <laughs> passive piece of of software lying there on a pc somewhere and somebody needs to access uh this actively and and, and put data in as requested so i think this interaction will change a lot and i think we'll see um, the user in in a, in a more um, more center of attention. I actually want to want to quote one thing that I found earlier today on, on Wikipedia, which I found very um, very interesting, and I and I think it, it it makes this point very clear. One of the first sentences in this Wikipedia article about enterprise software says that enterprise software is computer software used to satisfy the needs of an organization rather than individual users. Mm. And I think this says it all. Um, I think we need to put the user into the center of attention also when we talk about um, uh, software that is meant to be used within an organization because at at the end of the day, we always have individuals uh, interacting with the software. So it's the most important thing um, that these people feel comfortable um, with using the software and and can do it um, the easiest and leanest way as possible.
0: Thank you very much. That was a rather deep statement we started with, but I think it's important to the flow of what we're looking for for this topic, Florian, so thank you again. Prithvi Sancharma, we'd love to have you talk about this, the originally conceptualized and developed software for enterprises by a few vendors who dominated, and now, poof, it's opening wide up. What do you see?
3: Right, Bonnie. So I think uh, where we are with the the enterprise software we've seen in the industry now, I think it's a wonderful opportunity, it's a great opportunity, I think I would compare it to nothing less than uh, the either the industrial revolution or the printing press in terms of the scale and leverage it is going to bring to future generations. Um, while while we have managed to go beyond that particular point, uh, we, we see the disruption happening in terms of how you mentioned it, opening it up, you know, things are opening up, would, things have become much more faster, they have become agile, and as Florian was mentioning. Um, <clears throat> the need needs to shift uh, uh, towards integrating uh, the experience of an individual user into the whole uh, system rather than, uh, you know, how the Wikipedia um, uh, was talking about, as you mentioned. Um, but I still think uh, that uh, how we are going to move uh, about this is we're going to start integrating and start thinking about more of a man-machine kind of a, of a network but instead of uh, talking about the training or the productivity of the of the individual information workers, we are probably going to move towards where we are empowering people uh, more using using the machine layer. That's where we are going.
0: Thank you very much, Prithvi. And Gary Parnell, I know you have something to say on this. You want to join us?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think especially you know, when we talk about enterprise um, you know, solutions, I think that you know one thing that was, I think was highlighted there He's obviously having the the end user, the customer uh, in the the complete focus. Uh, I think that with you know, I'm just going from an S.E.P. perspective, and that's obviously S.E.P. side for this program. I see a lot of um, obviously um, entrepreneurs and startups. You know, um, obviously the first point of contact when they start looking at new innovation um, solutions. So, so I, you know, I, I, I would agree. Um, I think that sometimes we don't look at the end user. We don't look at the client base, uh, and I think that's the first point of contact.
0: Thank you very much, Gary. Uh, Florian, I'm going to circle back around to you. This was your topic. Is there anything you would like to add before I move on?
2: I actually totally agree with what the guy said. Uh, I think software will um, get more smarter. It will learn a lot from the user, and, and uh will help him to execute all his, his duties and tasks than today. Um, but I think what we should also um, keep in mind is that um, what I meant with conceptualized and developed in a supply-driven fashion is that uh, I think in the past, we, we or software vendors uh, tended to, uh, to push out solutions into the market, and the market had to adopt to, to those solutions. And you had to make a lot of changes to, let's say, your IT environment, to other systems, integrations, whatsoever. And I think this is also something that is going to change. So it's not only putting the user in the center of attention, but also the needs of the organization, but in the very first place. Um, so I think software will be much more flexible and adoptable to, to what an organization and the people within actually do need in order to execute their work. Just a little thing I wanted to, to add there.
0: Thank you very much, Florian. And now, Prithvi, I'm looking at your notes, and here's something I would like to bring up. You say digital business and immediate access to everything they need. That's what we're looking at now. That's what has changed. And you say the enterprise of the future will operate with data at the speed of thought. Talk to me, Prithvi. Very interesting concept.
3: Money. Uh, um, what what we were essentially thinking when we made this point was, um, if if you look at if you look at how uh, things are moving, um, more and more of of how what we call quote unquote data is being brought to the forefront. So you're bubbling it up. Businesses, if you look at it, are trying to carry over the uh, the sense of ubiquity that they have uh, on the offering side of the business. Like for example, uh, if you're looking at it. Things are more available on the web today. Things are more available on mobiles today. So it kind of translates over to what their requirements are or understanding are or demands are in terms of getting from the data. More and more more of the data is being made available so that it really enters the level of perception of the human. So instead of having a brainwave and uh, sitting seven or eight weeks um, by 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 the end of it, you would have lost your brainwave. Either, and then getting to it, this is this is an old idea we have all, you know, we are we are familiar with. But we are getting to see it operationalized today, and that is where uh, the exciting bit is really coming in. For example, if I look at it from an agricultural perspective, uh, there are commodity traders um, in India and in Southeast Asia and all over the world who are actually looking at a better method of price discovery depending on how uh, the geopolitical situation is changing or, or this uh, fluctuating demand and supply in various, and there are various choke points and how those things are happening. More and more complex systems are being made so that people can actually interact with So while on one hand you have the rapid increase in the complexity of this, on the other hand you have the capability to bring this really to the to the level of a human or, or the level of a human's perception. So you start... A particular thought process, and you can end it very quickly.
0: Very interesting. Thank you very much. I'm I'm so intrigued with the idea of the speed of thought, uh, Prithvi. And and when we come back after we go around the table, I I had asked you before, and your phone line dropped. What gave you the idea for your company? Were you visiting a lot of planetariums as a child and looked up and said, "Oh, we have to capture all of this data." Anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. Gary Parnell, love to get your thoughts on. Data at the speed of thought. You agree or disagree?
4: Uh, well, I mean, in the in the job I um, have within SAP Startup Program, totally agree. Uh, I mean, uh, not to not to, to hence obviously Hannah and obviously which we've you know, touched on before. Um, I see a lot of startups, uh, you know, uh, a majority of startups are looking for real time um, you know, enterprise uh, solutions. You know, that uh, kind of. Uh, you know, it was done yesterday or the week ago. Uh, is obviously gone and and, and obviously you know past our um, our time. So so yeah, I mean I think it becomes it creates massive uh, challenges. Obviously real time, but obviously has massive opportunities uh, for us to, to to obviously conquer. So yeah, I do I I, I, I totally agree with that.
0: Thank you very much. And Florian, circling around to you, what do you think? Speed of thought? Is it possible? Is it possible that software is going to, uh, the data will be faster than the speed of thought? Because how, how can we even understand it if it's faster than we can grasp and we can think? What do you think?
2: Be, uh, faster than our thoughts or faster than light or whatever <laughs> we might yeah. be talking about. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely think that, that the availability of data is, is what is crucial to success in the future. Because the more data that we collect um, through sensors and um, and, and um, things, Internet of Things, um, applications, where, wherever this data might come from, it needs to be analyzed or analyzable um, mm-hmm. and available in real time. And this is what, what makes it so, so crucial, I think. So looking at the construction industry, for example... Um, I don't. I don't think we will ever have a machine telling a project manager um, what next to do. I think there's always this human factor, which which should be in the game still, I'll remain in the game. But um, it is very important for him to to get the right information without really having to look for it or running after it, running after people, calling people, collecting data. Mm-hmm. While I'm actually in the position of taking the next decision. So um, this is a topic that is very important to me, and, and I think um, this this needs to be, be factored in as well.
0: Thank you very much. Prithvi, you want to do a quick wrap-up for me? Anything you want to add to what your colleagues on the panel just shared with us? Uh,
3: no, Bonnie, I think, I think the table really agrees around this. So uh, kind of summing it up, uh, what we are hearing is uh, you are looking at, more of the data being available, and more of the data being analyzable, more of the data actually entering into our, our thought processes. And uh, this is this is this is something of an evolution which will keep carrying on. So I agree with both Gary and Florian.
0: Thank you very much. And Gary, I'm looking at your notes and there are a lot of interesting thoughts here. Uh, we've covered some of them, but let me just put some bits and pieces together for you to comment on, Gary, if you don't mind. Number yep. one, you say vendors and their IT teams must ensure their networks and all associated components are operating at optimum performance to keep business operating smoothly. I think that was our opening premise is how is enterprise software going to keep the enterprise humming? So let's just start with that. And then you say the future is about more than just technology. It's about economic trends, population growth, climate change, whoo health trends, and so many massive challenges and opportunities, and then you say, here's the kicker. These days, the future comes at us faster than ever before. So why don't you wrap this up into some kind of a neat package with a red bow for me and, and tell me uh, how, to, how do startups fill the bill or fit the bill for what enterprises need to deal with all of these trends and all of this acceleration?
4: Yeah, no, 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 we'll I will hope, do. I hope I do anyway. Um, so, 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 I mean, you know, coming from um, talking to startups on a daily basis, you know, I see many trends, many solutions, uh, and many what's, you know, that crystal ball effect as well and what's coming down the line. Uh, and, and, and what I do see is that, you know, in, in 10 years or in even in 20 years, uh, you know, not, not most of or, or, or today's jobs will be completely obsolete. So I think the future is more than just you know technology. Like as I said before, you know health trends, economic trends, population growth, uh, and climate change. I think there's massive, massive opportunities uh, for, year, you know, for years to come. Um, I feel that uh, you know, obviously starting to prepare is starting to do that now. Um, so I see a lot more solutions co- working with the vendor as well.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Florian. Anything you want to add to this? We're just about at our predictions crystal ball round in about two minutes, so I can get a quick comment around the table. Florian, anything you want to add about the future coming at us faster than ever before?
2: And are I, you I Flo- think you can you can you see are. it and feel it. You can see it and feel it every day. Um, in your your personal life as well as in your, your professional life uh, when you're on the train here in, in Berlin um, the way that those trains uh, looked a couple of years back um, tremendously changed to what they look today so we see screens everywhere and and systems, digital systems, assisting people everywhere. So I think we're in a, in a very, very um, quickly changing environment and world. And, um, yeah, in enterprises definitely have to, uh, to keep up with the speed. And, and more and more startups entering markets, um, it definitely means that more enterprises need to, to look out for what's coming there.
0: Thank you. Prithvi, you want to give some thoughts quickly, one minute on what uh, Gary just shared with us, the future?
3: Right. Um, So I I think I mostly agree with uh, what Gary uh, was uh, mentioning. But what I would uh, really like to add here is I think that we are are still going to have the same conversation. Uh, The context of those conversations is going to remain the same. We are going to talk about uh, the same things. But the focus might slightly shift where you are really talking about a more mature or a technology-mature society taking up these particular issues. Um, and, and, and I, I think these are, these, are, these are really timeless issues and um, how an organization really deals with complexity and, and change and uh, as opposed to how it has traditionally uh, been doing things. So those are my two cents.
0: Thank you very much. And, uh, Gary, you know what? I'm going to start with you for our predictions round. I'm going to, since you're next around the table and you started this one, Gary Parnell, I could give you a whole big 60 seconds for a real prediction. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, I'm going to push you to look at the year 2020. And somebody told me, very wise person told me yeah. about six months ago on one of our many Game changer series, Gary, this person said, yeah. Bonnie, we've been talking about 2020 forever, and now it's only three New Year's Eves away. Yeah. And all I can yeah. remember is Barbara Walters for years hosting 2020. I hope she never finds out mm-hmm. what I say. And uh, so what will change about startups entering the enterprise software field? 60 seconds, Mr. Parnell, it's all yours.
4: Um, Keyword, ownership. I think that, um, especially coming from from you know, vendors as well as obviously entrepreneurs and startups, um, having that ownership of your own destiny. I think that we talk about... Um, What's coming down the pipeline? What's coming around 2020? Um, I think that uh, it's a lot more accountability, uh, a lot more of uh, what's you know what's coming and, and what can I do now to make sure that I have a job in the future. That that's that's how I look.
0: Very interesting. So is that your advice to startups right now, startups who are already here like Sablano and Prakship or to startups that are just uh, what I call the gleam in their eye? Yes, I'm going to conquer the world and I've got a great solution. Everybody's going to love it and I'm going to be very famous and rich and popular and very busy. Is that your advice to to startups or to enterprises as well? Own your own Uh, destiny. uh,
4: yeah, I mean, I go back to even you know, you know, my own children. You know, they you know they're obviously doing coding at uh, at school, mm-hmm. uh, 10, 12, you know, fourteen years old. And um, you know, are they going? Is that going to be around? Are they going to be doing coding? You know, when they're you know twenty-five, absolutely not. Um, I was probably you know, machine learning. You know, probably will be doing that itself. So, 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 what I'm trying to say is that you know, what job is coming down the line for that person? Um, so, yes, I'll w- answer your question for the new startup what's coming at 2020 and
0: onwards. Thank you very much. Very prophetic and profound, as always, Gary Parnell. Gary, I'm sorry you're in pain, but you sound terrific. I don't know how you do it. I'm very much a fan. Thank you. Florian Meischner at Sablano, love to get you 60 seconds. What do you predict around 2020 for startups and enterprise software? Go ahead, Florian.
2: Oh, Okay, I think it's pretty, pretty difficult for me now. Uh, coming off to Gary, uh, that was pretty deep. Uh, very good. <laughs> um, I also think we're, we're going to see a, a lot of change there. Um, and I think, uh, I, I, just as Gary also said, um, we always have to to understand or see what what are the, the jobs of the future. And uh, basically, I mean, what are the people going to do when when we have machines that are smarter than than the people themselves? Um, But I think um, this is not a topic for 2020. This might take a little longer, especially if I look at industries like the construction industry in our case. Um, But what we definitely are going to see very soon is um, I think a software which more um, or less integrates and interacts with people more closely than it it has ever done before. So I think it will not lie on a PC. People will not have to actively access it and input data and, and make sure you have the latest update and, and and so on. It will it will ask you um, and the user and, and everybody involved about um, mm. information so that um, the, the systems get smarter on the go, on the way, um, without people uh, necessarily having to, to um, do a lot of things um, actively, and, and in order to, to keep the software um, up to date and the data up to date.
0: Thank you very much. That's very interesting and prophetic. And Prithvi Sen Sharma, I saved sixty seconds for you. That's all we have. So, Prithvi, what's your prediction? Please go fast.
3: Um, so, what I think, I agree with uh, both what uh, Gary and Florian uh, were saying, but um, as I mentioned before, probably some of the conversations are, are going to remain uh, remain the same. You're uh, still going to talk about availability, you're going to talk about security. Um, as uh, Gary mentioned, the ownership of, of, uh, the, of the culpability, uh, which I think is a really interesting point. It brings up certain uh, really ethical issues around how uh, we are trying to construct or think about the future. Um but I still believe that, uh, however we use technology, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we are still using it, we are still going to use it as a tool, as as a means of leverage. So, uh, 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 whether it comes in 2020 or whether or we as a technology society get much more mature around it, so it's probably a question of, uh, um, of how we evolve about it. So things are pretty much going to remain the same if we're probably going to get much more smarter around how we use technology. We have to.
0: Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Very interesting round of predictions. I want to thank Florian Mike Sablano. All the best to you, Prithvi and Charm at Praksha. Same Gary Parnell, get well soon. I don't know what you sound like when you're well, but you sound great when you're laid up with a broken ankle, Gary. So <laughs> thank you so much for uh, my I used to have a friend who who used the expression for soldiering on. I appreciate that very much. And a shout out again to Christina Sos and Manju Bansal at SAP. Christina and Manju, you have to renew for twenty eighteen. We really enjoy meeting your startups in the Startup Focus program. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Believe it or not, we've already done two shows and it's only not even one o'clock in the afternoon here in New York. Signing off, I'll be back tomorrow at, let's see, 11 a.m. Eastern here on the Business Channel with a live edition of our flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers. And my my panel will include Brian Matamor from the Growth Engine Company. We'll be talking about how to adopt, and I know my startups on this show will appreciate this, How to Adopt a Disruption Mindset. Aha. So tune in 11 a.m. Eastern. I'll be back tomorrow. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Florian, just like Prithvi, and just like Gary, even though he's not up on his feet right now. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on The Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.